is Bucks Nation, the podcast representing the best fans in college football. Now, here's Tyler and Jerry. What's going on? Welcome into another episode of the Buffs Nation podcast. I'm Tyler Walgie. He is Jared All, the vampire. At least he has the vampiric gene. Jared, what's going on? I don't like sun coming in behind me while we're doing the show. Is there something so wrong with that? We usually record during the evenings, but of course it's Labor Day weekend. We're recording during the day. It's beautiful outside. Had the windows open and Jared comes in and immediately first thing he does in the studio is close every window around here so just trying to set the mood yeah well talking about setting the mood see you big win week one right B- big lot, win lot but it was a little, little ugly it was a little ugly uh so we'll, we'll look at some of the positives but we got to d- touch on some of the things well, that didn't quite go right of course well. this is not feel good radio we're going to talk about the good but we're also going to talk about the bad and we'll see you can improve because let's face it when you give up 31 points to csu there's a lot that needs to be worked on i think everybody would agree with that uh, quick uh, thanks to the sponsors, Wise Money Sports. If you like betting on sports and you like betting on college football, check them out. Uh, they offer their daily uh, professional portfolio online, wisemoneysports.com, on Twitter, at Wise Money Sports. All right, Jared, quickly, uh, first imp- or on first impressions, uh, your quick uh, recap of the Rocky Mountain Showdown. I mean, you already kind of mentioned that we weren't very satisfied. So what yeah, were, what it was it was ugly. Uh, you know, frustrating for a majority of the game. But I think you saw what was the score at halftime. Like uh, it was a one point game, wasn't it? The, the Buffs just barely took the lead just before half, and I think that was a huge crucial drive because you kind of felt it there. It was it was one of those like we talked about last week where. The Buffs were so much of a superior team. They played about as bad, at least defensively, as they could in that first half, yet still found a way to go into halftime leading. So it, it, it found a way to work itself out. They, they had a nice second half, offensively especially. Good to see them grind out a tough win, but boy, it is frustrating to see the Buffs going into the fourth quarter still in a close game with CSU. Well, it's frustrating to see them going to halftime, honestly. That's I mean, true. look... It's it's the first week. We said last year, last week, going into this game, that it, things are to be expected in terms of mistakes. You know, the offensive line, defensive line. It's going to take a little bit for this team to get going. But what, the one area where I was disappointed was, and actually, it wasn't one specific area, but it was the idea that that all camp and everything that we've heard so far from Mel Tucker has been relentless right that's that's the motto this year that's the hashtag that's what everyone's preaching is be relentless winning the line of scrimmage the Pac-12 needs to play more like the SEC we're going to dominate the line we're going and I I saw more of what we've seen the last couple years where CU wins a high scoring shootout it looked like Pac-12 football to me so if anything that's kind I understand again like I said it's going to take some time for them to get going but it's the mentality that you want to see I thought we saw that from the offense. I think yes, you did see a lot of a lot of points scored from the offense, but look at the breakdown and how they got there. 40 rushing attempts in this game for the Buffs to 20 passing attempts. Okay. Yes, and- early on they struggled running the ball. And I'll but- give you some credit there. You were you were right with that one that they need to come out and pound the rock and, and- and I liked what I saw. I liked that it was a struggle early on in the first half. It wasn't great, but you started to see Alex Fontenot taking over as the, the end of the first half came on, and going into the second half, they really rode the hot hand there, and I think it really paid off for the Buffs in the end. Uh, had over 200 yards, both in the passing game and in the rushing game. So, by the way, did you did you notice there happened to be, what, maybe a dozen snaps where Steven Montez 
under center. It's incredible. <laughs> I don't think we've ever seen it. Okay. On the, maybe on the maybe I'm so. not giving enough credit for how different they did look because again, under center, you like you said, they ran the ball about two to one. So you you have to like that. I guess that it was. And maybe I'm just overreacting to the fact that we gave up so many points to CSU, but that to me was, you you want to blow them out in that game. And they still see you cover the spread, so by definition, they exceeded expectation. I wanted to see... <laughs> well, when I, I when I look at the way the defense played, you, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier, where certain things you can put up to new coach new scheme guys seem to be a step slow getting places it seemed like whether be it in coverage or in the running game guys were thinking too much and I think that showed but there's there were issues beyond just you know early season issues I mean there's major issues with missed tackles tackling in space uh defensive backs getting flat out just outran and that's that's embarrassing when you're going up a team that is far inferior in the level of talent for you to be your number one corner uh Delrick Abrams had a rough game he was beat on several different plays and you know you never really know in the scheme whether that's a safety missing over the top but something was being missed there and things that they got to figure out quickly because they go up against a good offense coming up next week and you mentioned Delrick Abrams He's he's there because they had a plethora of cornerbacks. They were moving cornerbacks to safety last year. There were a lot of cornerbacks on this roster, so he was one of the best they had. And you're exactly right; he did have a, a, a kind of a tough first game. How much do we put on the first week? A lot. I, I really do think you do because I, I I saw a coaching staff trying to figure out what they were wanting to do. A lot of rotation on that defense, which I'm all for keeping guys fresh, giving different looks, matching the offense. But it seemed like every play, there's three or four guys coming on the field, coming off the field. And I think that just created a lot of confusion. Defensively? So, defensively, yes. Well, they're not going to have a chance to do that next week. Nebraska runs a way up-tempo offense. And they're going to have to figure it out quickly because what – Nebraska likes to do is what CU struggled with working in space so that's something the bus really have to figure out coming off of this game what they did wrong self-scout and they, you need to see a totally different defense coming out next week were you pleased with the coaching staff overall Overall, yes. I think they stuck to their game plan and what they wanted to do. Yes, the defense was struggling. That's hard to make some of those adjustments on the fly when the issues are the guys grasping the concept. So those are things we hope to see get better as the season goes on. But I think they came in with the game plan and what they wanted to do, and they stuck to it. And I liked the controlled demeanor of Mel Tucker on the sidelines, something I don't think we've seen a lot uh, over the past few years. We talked last week about Alex Fontenot. And how he is obviously in that lead spot. He can protect the quarterback a little bit better. He, he's good on third downs. I thought Jaron Mangum. My prediction last week was Jaron Mangum would be the clear number one, maybe even throughout the first two quarters of that game. That was not the case. Alex Fontenot looked great. Over 100 yards, a couple touchdowns. He made a statement week one. Absolutely. This looks like a guy that's been itching to have this position for the last couple of years, sitting behind some very talented running backs, and he absolutely took advantage of his opportunity. Now, I think you're still going to see a mix as the season goes along. I don't think you're going to be seeing only one running back. I think Jaron Mangum still was getting some attempts, some carries. Well, I think certainly. he's a guy that continues to play, and he'll grow as the season goes along. But I think it gives you a great feel that this is a running back group that you kind of came into the season with a lot of question marks with. I think you come out of this game if there's one thing you come out of being very confident in is that they have a good stable of running backs there. I think my how I'm describing myself today is uh, I'm just a little bit overreactive, I think. I think that's would, a good way be. of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the CSU loss, I mean, I look back last week to the old Jaron Mangum prediction. Maybe just a little bit too, the too excited, the right? right? Uh, when's the last time that CU had a, a, an athlete like that? I mean, a four-star running back who had recruits from Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Florida State. 
a lot of good schools, and he chose the Buffs. I thought he was going to immediately make that impact. I'm excited to see what he can do, but no, no, no doubt about it, CU has a couple backs who can uh, produce. Right, let's get to the Nebraska game. CU-Nebraska was always my favorite rivalry. What do you think about this rivalry? I mean, do you like bringing it back? Do you like playing Nebraska? This is the rivalry I grew up on. You know, I was a 90s kid, so I, I grew up you know, following this. I mean, I instinctively hate red. I, 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 I'm not big on corn farmers either, if we're throwing that out there. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that you just you grew up hating. I didn't grow up with that hatred towards CSU. They were never that team that I looked at that way. And so it's something for me, this is very personal to me. This really hits home. I actually have a lot of family originally from Nebraska. So it, it really is kind of a rivalry within my family as well uh, when we all get together with the extended family. So it's great. To me, this is the only true rivalry in Colorado with the Buffs. I think this is built out of hatred. Two teams that were dominant for a period of time that were the one team that stood in front of the other one to get to the championship. And so I think it really built that way. And it's awesome to see these two teams get it back together. I'd love to see this continue. But what do you think about Nebraska fans going, ah, this was all because they, they they looked at the OU rivalry, right? Like that was the rivalry that they and had in, in, in the Big 8. When Big you 12. look at when you look at this rivalry, sure, over the years, going back to the early 1900s, yes, Nebraska has dominated the the overall. I think they're about two to one on the bus. But when you look at the last, say, 20 years, the once once the Big Eight went to the Big 12, which was mid 90s, it's a very even matchup back and forth. Uh, since I believe 2001, uh, Nebraska leads six to five in the series right now. So it's been a very even matchup back and forth since the Buffs have really gotten to that point in the mid. 90s where they were a dominant team you see, saw it start to turn and now it's a very even series since then yeah I, I can't stand their fans I think that I mean I've never gone to Lincoln for a game have you been to Lincoln for a game ever? I have not I wanted to make the trip last year and just wasn't able to make it happen but yeah, uh, that'd be great a, a couple years from now they pick the series back up again Tyler we're gonna have to uh, Buffs Nation might have to uh, pay to send us out there just throwing that out there you know? <laughs> yeah well We'll see about that one, Jared. Yeah, maybe that'll be on the books in, in, in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I'm glad we're playing this again. I mean, I you know how I feel about CSU. That, that's not a product from really the close rivalry or anything like that. Now, I always didn't like the Rams. I don't, I don't really know why. I think it's their fans as well. They're you know? terrible. They Aren't are. They? They're relentless. I think they don't know how to be football fans. And, like, and, and, and just to touch back on that, at, at the Rocky Mountain Showdown, how many, how funny is it year after year to watch it where that first big moment that CSU <laughs> has and that side of the stadium, I, you don't hear anything louder in any stadium ever. That is the loudest a, a fan base ever gets. And, and I'm sitting with my brother who I go to the games with and he turns and looks at me he goes, this is their Super Bowl. It this is, is their championship game. This is it. Them scoring one or two touchdowns, they come away satisfied in this game. So it's it's just so funny. And and then year after year, you get the coaches, the players from CSU complaining about the refs, the calls. It was did all you the calls. See that for Mike Bobo yes, again. Again. Yes. Year after he year. did that in 2017. He did it again in 2019. He's on the hot seat, man. He's oh, not going to last is. very long. He is. And that that's a team that been there I, for five I, years. Is that right? Yes. He's done nothing. So, yeah, he's probably on his way out there. Uh, back, back to focusing on Nebraska and the true rivalry uh, that, <laughs> that is. Um, I think we could both agree, and, and maybe I can't speak for you, but I think we should start the, the uh, petition to completely do away with Rocky Mountain Showdown moving forward and refocus on a yearly rivalry game with Nebraska. Maybe week two, week three, every year I want to see this home and home, year after year. Yeah, that, that, that'd be great, and I like it early in the season too. Yes, absolutely. Non-conference, first three games. 
All right, let's get to uh, on the field game preview for Nebraska CU this weekend. Initial thoughts on the the Nebraska game. They struggled with who uh, South Alabama. Uh, yeah, South Alabama. South Alabama. They did not look very good throughout the game. Now there are a lot of things to be positive about and happy about if you are a Nebraska fan. They've got some size. They've got some talent on offense. I think that we did see a lot of week one deficiencies, just like we did with the Buffs. We saw that with Nebraska. I don't think that we should take that South Alabama game and say, hey, they're not that good. We, we should approach this it, very cautiously. It's kind of funny the way it works out, isn't it? CU coming off a game where, you know, they won handily, but they just never felt good about it. And Nebraska kind of had a similar thing. Uh, however, Nebraska's struggles came on the offensive side of the ball, which is very surprising, giving their head coach, Scott Frost, one of the most respected offensive minds in the country. I am taking... Pretty much all the struggles you saw from them last week, I'm throwing it out the window. They turned over a lot of new players, getting their first real experience this last week. I think what they lack in experience, they make up for an upgraded talent from what they had a year ago. So this is a team that I think absolutely you're fooling yourself if you don't think Scott Frost is licking his chops, looking at what the Buffs defense did last week, thinking he has all sorts of opportunities to get his guys the ball in space, which is what he loves to do. Do you think that uh, you mentioned Scott Frost? Do you think that he's going to eventually get Nebraska to like that top ten, top fifteen caliber? Unfortunately, I do. I really think he's a great coach. He's a great recruiter. You've seen it already. I mean, the level of talent he's bringing into Nebraska in just two years. I think if he decides to stick around there, that's going to be a very, very good team moving forward. I still think they're a year or two away, though. I don't think they're quite where everybody has them, top 25, even some sleepers to win the Big Ten. I don't think they're quite there yet. I think they're still a couple years away. What we saw last week was a lot of play action. They've got that huge tight end. You see that guy? Yeah. Big ugly. 260 pounds. <sighs> Dude. <an> offensive lineman. <laughs> and he, and was, he runs well. I mean, he, the, CU has to do a good job watching him. Mel Tucker was talking about CSU's to run tight ends last week. Give me a break, man. That was child's play. This this guy is an NFL tight end. And actually, this is what's interesting. This is going to be the next wave of tight ends, right? The new tight end that we see in the NFL is the Jimmy Graham type, the guys who can play in the slot. What you're going to see next is that sort of same mold, but these big bruisers who are athletes. I mean, you can put this guy technically maybe in the slot just off the line in the NFL, and he can be effective. I mean, it, it it's, takes a couple guys to bring him down. So Steve's going to have to watch him. Do you know his name, Big Ugly? Uh, we Jake can, we Stoll. Or excuse me, Jack Stoll. I like Big Ugly better. Yeah, Big Ugly is better. I'm curious to see how the Buffs uh, approach guarding him. Uh, this seems to me like a perfect opportunity. A guy like Devion Taylor that they're putting a lot more in coverage situations. A big safety. So I believe he's 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds. This is the type of guy that should be a perfect matchup. Let's see if the Buffs go there or if they use maybe more of a zone. See, that's what I was thinking is use that zone. I don't think that one-on-one is the way to approach Nebraska, especially if they're effective running the no, football. I think you need it's to gonna... keep your eyes on the quarterback because he's the guy you got to stop. You can't let him get around and get in space. But they did end up winning that game, I think 35-21, so they still pulled away at the end. But uh, they scored in every quarter, so they found a way to move the football, and Nebraska is going to be a good overall team. What about this offensive line? How, how effective are they going to be? Um, I think that's probably the weak point of this Nebraska team, something that uh, was a 
big issue for them last year was getting Adrian Martinez just absolutely destroyed because this offensive line could not hold up. So I think it's it kind of is interesting the way it works out because the Buffs D-line really struggled last week, and I think that is the key for them this week is they have to be disruptive at the line of scrimmage. You talked about the pace that, that uh, Nebraska likes to run at. They like to do a lot of timing, a lot of reads. you got to disrupt that rhythm, something the Buffs did really well in this game last year. If you remember early on, they absolutely were in – Adrian Martinez's face. Now, granted, he was a true freshman playing his very first game right, right. the last time the bus played there, but they, they got him out of his rhythm and allowed themselves to get a little bit of a lead uh, early on. I think that's going to be key for them to do that. Disrupt at the line of scrimmage, get in his face. And it's going to be a lot easier to do at home. I mean, with the Definitely. crowd on your side, it's going to be loud, so that's that, that's going to be a big difference. Do you expect to see a lot of Nebraska fans Oh, absolutely. Crowd? You know how... They don't have anything else to do. It's so funny. That's exactly what's written in my notes. I guess if I was in Lincoln with nothing else to do, well, I would exactly. probably go to every game, exactly. too. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, why do you think, you know how often I like to get to Vegas. You know how many people you meet from Nebraska and Vegas? Why do you think that is? That's a good point. That's a good, good point. God. Now, I, ha- I haven't had as many bad encounters with Nebraska fans as I have with CSU fans. Nebraska fans, I just... I don't think it's necessarily. I think they're great football fans. They are. So that's 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 a difference. I, is they're amazing football fans. They 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 usually have a good team. They, I think the majority of them understand how to be respectful and, and kind of a pro. You know, don't you think so? In general, I, I think that my I, I would agree with you definitely. I think they're very respectful. I think I, I can can and give them that. What I think bugs me when it comes to most, and I'm not going to give everyone most of the Nebraska fans I've come across is just the blatant lack of respect for a team like C. Like they just. Stick well, their they, nose down. They turn their nose down at CU fans. Like they're just this class above. Like we don't even belong in the conversation <laughs> with them. You know, and and it's just it's one of those things that a lot of it is unjustified from fans that didn't even watch or pay attention or weren't even alive when they saw Nebraska in their heyday. And it's teams, it's it's fans holding on to what was once at they, Nebraska. They, yeah, they are pretty insufferable. Actually, yeah. they're they're not the best ever. I guess I'm giving them way too much credit here, Jared. Why, why am I doing that on Nebraska week? You know, I think I'm it's just a little uh, bit more ruthless than this. You know, I think we're 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 trying to uh, set a, set a tone here that we're gonna uh, we're gonna be the better team in this, Tyler, all the way around. I mean, I just want to beat the hell out of them from snap one. I just want to go after them and let, like God, you said, wouldn't last that year. feel good yes. to to see after this struggle of a first half against CSU just to see the Buffs come out and jump on them? It feels so good. Uh, we mentioned the skill position guys. There's a lot of people who produce six runners against seven people who caught the football. Uh, anybody in particular who stood out to you or nothing really in particular? You know, I mean, like, like you said, several different guys caught the ball, but nobody caught more than two or three passes, so it's hard to get a feel. I think you're going to see that spread around a lot. Their top receiver, J.D. Spielman, he's a smaller, speedy guy to kind of counter the big behemoth that is Jack Stoll. So he came off of eight touchdowns last year as their number two receiver. He's now their number one guy, so somebody to watch out for. Uh, you'll probably see Delark Abrams on him a lot, see how that, that matchup goes. Uh, offensively, what can CU do to move the football? Last week, South Alabama had two touchdowns in the air, uh, one on the ground. They actually moved the ball fairly effectively against Nebraska. I think CU takes a little bit of that, but CU's got to do what CU does best. I think they need to take the game plan from last week and stick to it. I don't think there's a whole lot of adjusting you need to do. One you mean thing, CU's game plan? They came CU's in against game CSU. Plan, yes. yes, sorry, going against CSU. I think you you focus on the principles you want to, which is running the ball, establishing that way. But one thing that I think this is a very distinct difference in what I talked about last week, keeping a guy like Chenault off the field at times. You saw that quite a bit. He was actually yeah. off the field quite a bit, only had a handful of touches in the game. 
I think he's a guy you learn on, lean on early. You get Nebraska focused on him, so you start to see double, triple teams and open things up for other players. And that's the thing I think Mel Tucker is going to do as well. As we move through the year and progress month by month, you're going to see new folds. You're going to see more LaVisca. They don't want to waste everything week one knowing, I mean, look at the schedule. It gets t- it gets it, tough. Week by week, it's harder and harder. You're <laughs> it, right. It, it does. And so at the end of the year when we're hosting Washington, so on and so forth, you want new things that you're not putting out there. And uh, I think that that's kind of part of that as well. They're keeping these guys on the sideline, who they're going to plan on using in the future. Uh, Nebraska last year through the, or excuse me, last week through the game did not get much stronger. It's not like a lot of times what you'll see against teams like that is giving up points in the first half and make the adjustments. I didn't see that. South Alabama moved the moved the football all game long. So to me, that's a negative for Scott Frost not making those adjustments. Who do you give the advantage for the coaching staff? Is it Scott Frost just just because of the continuity? Mel Tucker, I think, honestly, has the potential to be a better head coach. I think everyone was way too up on Scott Frost right now. This guy, everybody seemingly does well at, uh, at UCF. And so, yes, he got the springboard to his dream job, but I'm the verdict is still out, in my opinion. Uh, agree on both accounts. I think he is probably, you know... Uh, grossly overrated nationally but I think when you look at this matchup you're right he does have a season under his belt with this team the systems are in place he's getting some of his players in place I think you have to give him a slight edge but I think it's games like this where you're going to learn a lot about Mel Tucker and his staff what kind of coaching staff are they do they make those adjustments that they need to as the game goes on to close and win a game like this well and and I think it's also fair to say that last week CU didn't need to make those adjustments I mean look I'm, I'm sure they did make adjustments I'm not I'm not accusing this team of not making adjustments, but it's different. I mean, when you know that you're going to just beat the hell out of a a team and and you just beat CSU or wear them down, you're not going to do certain things throughout the game. I think, again, Nebraska is a completely different animal, completely different experience, and CU's going to throw kind of what they can at them to win this game. The coaches know this is a huge game. I mean, this is a very big game for this coaching staff. I think not only just for this year, but looking forward and kind of what this does for the CU program. Uh, like I talked about earlier, Nebraska is kind of everyone's darling this year. They're talking about potential Big Ten championship, all these things. CU goes and puts a beating on a team like that. Everyone's going to start paying attention. Everyone's going to say, hey, watch out for these guys. Watch out for Mel Tucker and what he's doing in Boulder. I think this is a big kind of springboard game that can take CU into national spotlight a little bit. All right, offensive game plan for CU. What do they need to do and offensively? I'm going to stick with my guns from last week. I'd like to see them throw the football a little bit more, but I'm going to kind of change how they throw the football or how I'd like to see them do that. Instead of going deep, vertical, like I said last week, stretching that defense, I'd like to see swing passes, screen passes, getting the running backs the football out of the backfield from Montez. I think that's what Nebraska is. I think that's what's going to work against Nebraska, not just running the football 40 times against this defense and defensive line. I believe Nebraska is going to try and stack the box and force Montez to throw. They saw what we saw last week. I want to see a lot of screens and, and a lot more passes that way. I think you give them a taste of their own medicine. I'm actually on board with you here. I'd like to see them open it up a little bit more in this. I think you hold back in a game like CSU so that when you come into a game like Nebraska, they aren't sure what to expect. You go open it up against them. I actually like the idea of attacking deep. Let's see you open up big early. See if you can't create some of that space underneath as the game goes on. CSU's got a lot of burners, a lot of guys that can get back on the top in that defense, and they have two brand new safeties. Two guys starting for the first time this last week uh, for Nebraska. So I think opportunities are there deep, and I think you need to kind of mix it up, get creative. Don't be afraid to go to the you know go to the box early and, and and pull out a trick play, do something to get yourself a statement early on. Where are you with CU special teams after week one? 
I don't know that there's a whole lot to say. I mean, Alex Kinney wasn't overly impressive punting the ball, but you know, other than that, there really wasn't a whole lot to be upset about. Right. I think they made the one field goal that they kicked. So, you know, overall, you got to be pretty happy. No Did returns. They, yeah, yeah, no returns. I think, right? I think late at the very end of the first half, but nothing came of it. But other than that, I, I mean, they CSU returned the ball most of the time, but did not get past the twenty-five. I don't think any opportunities other than that. Man, I can't wait for this game. It's Saturday, one thirty. Uh, you know what channel it's on? It's actually Fox. It's on Fox. Okay. So Fox it is. One thirty p.m. kickoff, Mountain Time. And I'm ready for this thing. Yeah, do you have a score for me? I do have a score. I think it's actually going to be very similar to last year's score. I like the Buffs winning this one. I got them taking it down 34-31 in a close game. I like a field goal at the end of it to win it. I like a little bit lower scoring. I like to see you to win this one. Give me like 27-24, something like that. It's going to be a great game in Boulder. Man, I'm excited. Special thanks to the Wise Listing System team, onlinepaymyfirstmonth.com, and they will do just that for you. Imagine how helpful it would be if your first month's mortgage was completely paid off. We all know the bills and a few dollars here, a few dollars here. It adds up. Moving is very expensive. So whether you're looking for a dream house, an apartment, first-time homebuyer, or a last-time homebuyer, check them out online, paymyfirstmonth.com. They'll make it a seamless, easy process from the get-go. Paymyfirstmonth.com. Wrapping things up on the Buffs Nation podcast. Give us a like on Facebook. All right, Jared, uh, only one quick thing here before we uh, finish the show. The Pac-12, what do you think of the overall... Let's start with Oregon-Washington, or excuse me, Oregon-Auburn. How Oregon of them was that? I was just going to say, I mean, that is like why I was so down on Oregon going into this year. That is what they do. They did it several times last year, and it it was nothing different this year. Get out to an early lead. You're like, wow, this Oregon team, watch out for Justin Herbert and the Ducks this year. Get to about mid-third quarter. All of a sudden, they run out of gas, and that SEC team starts to dominate and take over physically and they had no answer for him. Auburn takes it. And Bo Nix, talk about a performance for a freshman in his first game. USC loses their starting uh, quarterback, JT Daniels, out for the season. That's going to really hurt the Trojans. It sure is. A team that already had a lot of questions. Um, I think they were going to rally around this young kid. Uh, we'll see what this means for Clay Helton and this staff. I don't know that it means good things for him. You got any other Pac-12 teams that uh, kind of stood out to you this week? There wasn't a whole lot. Pretty much across the board, After other than that, they all did what they were supposed to do. Either won the games they were supposed to win, or uh, teams like Oregon State and UCLA yeah. lost the games they were supposed to lose. Yeah, Washington, I mean, destroyed Eastern Washington. You know, Mike Leach's team came out and looked like Mike Leach's team. All is good in college football. At least that's the case if uh, CU wins next week, right? Absolutely. I think we're going to be very happy campers. You see us coming back here after a win. Let's go, Buffs. Saturday, 1.30. Beat Nebraska. Talk to you next week.